0: welcome to the commentary magazine daily podcast today is wednesday august 10th 2022 i am john putthor the editor of commentary magazine with me as always executive editor abe greenwald hi abe hi john media commentary columnist christine rosen hi christine hi john and associate editor and author of the rise of the new puritans noah rothman hi noah hi john So in this uh, world in which uh, grasping at straws seems to be the general um, establishment uh, bias or consensus in dealing with the news of the day, the grasping at straws this morning involves an inflation report for the month of July that is not as catastrophic as the inflation reports for June, May, Uh, and April in that it shows that inflation did not accelerate in the month of July, but rather remained flat at an annualized rate of 8.5%. You would think from the way that the pundit class is talking about this, that happy days are here again. I do want to remind you that happy days are here again was the theme song of the uh, FDR campaign in 1932. And of course, the depression lasted another nine years until we entered World War II. So uh, they can play Happy Days or Here Again all they like. It's really not the song you want to be playing. But um, Noah, you noticed um, a very representative figure in the world of writing about economics uh from a sort of liberal perspective but like a, a good nice guy good guy one of the first people to sort of make his reputation on twitter as an as an economics writer that's joe wiesenthal aka the stalwart uh, what was his take on this morning's uh,
1: uh, report I, I i can't quote him directly but <clears throat> because it was flat at 8.5 percent with a slight decline in core cpi um it was zero percent inflation which is just bizarre, strikingly bizarre. Yeah. Uh yeah. I mean, you take what you can get, right? And if if you're a cheerleader for the idea that, you know, the inflation isn't really all that bad and you know, we can spend our way out of it, for example, which seems to generally be uh the line of thought among people who share his personal, his proclivities. Uh I mean, you're you're going to be okay with this in part because it's, it's just, it's some relief from the headlines, right? It's not about relief in your pocketbook. For example, um, electricity is up, groceries are up, inflation, uh, rent is up. A lot of the things that you can't avoid buying is up. What's down? Gasoline. And you have today Ron Klain, White House Chief of Staff. Jobs are up, inflation is up, wages are up, prices are down, gas prices are down. Gas prices are down, but it's due in part primarily to declining demand. Uh, gasoline consumption is about 9% lower now at the height of the driving season than it was last summer. We talked about this before. I wrote about it on the podcast. It's lower than it was, gas consumption, is lower than it was in the summer of 2020 when you didn't really have anywhere to go if you could go anywhere. Um, And that's not something anybody's going to be celebrating, but the White House is celebrating. You had the uh, AFP, Agence France, uh, uh, France Press, Saying this is a boost for Biden, big boost for Biden, that inflation isn't raging and soaring. And yeah, go out and tout the fact that people aren't spending as much on gasoline because it's a discretionary purchase that they can pass up because it's too expensive.
2: Go ahead and go do that. Good luck. It's amazing to me that I was recalling that remember Clinton I feel your pain remember that messaging which actually was was really resonated with a lot of voters this idea that look I you know prices are still the highest they've been in 40 years 40 years. So and people are suffering every day because of that. So to hear the, the happy talk from the Biden administration and the and not just happy talk, but boastfulness about, well, it hasn't gotten worse, but it's still terrible as experienced by everyday people. It's it's insulting. I know I keep beating this dead horse. They could actually message this in a way that was more empathetic to the real world experience of regular people. And they refuse to do that. I mean, on a Obviously, politically, that's dangerous because they'd have to admit that they can they're doing very little with inflation and they're spending, which might actually make it worse down the line. But this idea that people aren't still feeling this every day, it is insulting. And I don't like the way that they're talking to the American people about this problem. the, The cure for the ills of high prices is high prices.
1: That doesn't mean it's great. Nobody enjoys the the pain that we have to endure in order to restore price stability. But there has to be pain. And and Joe is one of these people who is who thought that we could avoid that. We can't. We're in it. It's not something that anybody should be celebrating.
3: But is there a, a superficial in, impact of this headline and this um, and, and the and the zero percent interpretation of it um, among, say, those who are somewhat sympathetic to, to Biden or at least pulling for him? who aren't at the lower end of the economic ladder so they're they're not they're not feeling this they're not feeling the pain as much as people who are in no position to 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 be able to delude themselves i i think that's
0: right and i think that you want to give your supporters something to chew on so you say look Month month you know month over month uh, inflation was at zero. Now it's a it's a deranged thing to say because people don't experience. It's like oh I'm paying the same as I paid last month. Great, you know they are they know perfectly well when you go to the tank and it costs four fifty to four eighty a gallon that they're paying a ridiculous amount. But it gives them something to say, and to say look it's slowing down. Now, the interesting thing is why it's slowing down. So as Noah said, a lot of it is it's slowing down because people can't afford to use it. So consumption is down. So prices drop to some degree. Uh, People can't buy things because they're too expensive or because uh, manufacturers haven't been manufacturing at the same rate because they're either their, their, their supplies are too low or it's too expensive for them to manufacture. So, you know, there's, there, there is a certain amount of deflationary pressure being exerted that is having, I mean, I'm not even sure we would call it a marginal effect. I mean, it's inflation is at 8.5% annualized. That's still the highest in 40 years. It's just not as high as it was when it was at 9.1% annualized last month. So, you know, or whenever it was 9.1% annualized. So, you know, I but I do think politics is about keeping your own players in the game to some extent. And you sort of go with the message you have. There is no good way to come up with a message that, is good for the white house so the question christine is what i would say and showing empathy and all that like that it's all bad like all the options are bad so what is the least bad option this is probably the least bad option people's own you know like animal cunning will always give them some help in figuring out what to say that is a little less painful than the other thing that they were saying so i would kind of Give them a pass on that and sort of Abe's, you know, in Abe's uh, direction.
2: But yeah, so.
0: Um,
2: but he ran his lunch pill, Joe. I just want to throw this out there. Like, that was his whole thing. I'm not the crazy guy who was on reality TV. I'm the everyday guy. I know what it's like. I sit at the kitchen table. I mean, that was his whole shtick. And he's abandoned it now that he's president. Like, it doesn't, he trots it out occasionally, but like, this is the time to, to be that guy again, I would think. But, but I'm sure but you're right. Game, Politically, game, it isn't
0: gaming it, it out with me then. How does a brilliant lunch, you know, how does like Aaron Sorkins, you know, Lunch Bucket Joe, say the things that if you were watching, you know, uh, the West Wing Joe Biden on NBC this week, what what speech would he craft that could do what you're saying?
2: He would do a more optimistic version of the Trump ad that I know we're going to talk about a little later in the show, but he could do something that acknowledges the pain, that acknowledges the struggle, but but gives some... Because it's really not that much, as you say, that they can really do at this point. And Noah's right. We're all going to have to suffer before this ends. But they're the ones who are, who are doing the happy talk and spending all this money and claiming in Orwellian terms that this massive new amount of spending they've just, that the House is likely to pass next week is actually going to make inflation better when it, when it's potentially going to make it worse. He could do the speech like sitting around the kitchen table. I'm I'm going to I listen to your struggles. I understand we're coming out of a tough time, but we're resilient. All the stuff that politicians love to say in these moments. It doesn't really mean anything as a matter of policy, but it says to the people who are suffering, which is a vast number of Americans right now. It says, I know you're suffering. I understand that. I mean, they, I don't, the left doesn't we, acknowledge any of this.
1: But I also right. I, I, they're I Joe Biden it's walks a, out the front, rocks out the south lawn, walks down Constitutional Avenue, right to Congress, and they pass Medicare for All with Republican votes. That's that's literally okay. what they what they want to see okay. happen. I just Well the submit- Democrats
2: are a technocratic, elite, rich party now. They're the elite college-educated people, and they're not feeling inflation the way okay. the rest of the country is.
0: I submit to you, Christine, that the unconvincing and i don't say this critically the unconvincing answer that you gave to my question shows that it's an unanswerable question (laughs) fair enough (laughs) go out and he could say i'm sitting at the you know i there are things that he could say and the fact that they're not saying them makes it clear that they think they're walking on some precipices like he could say Help is on the way. We just signed this act. We're going to have a domestic semiconductor industry for the first time. That's going to be, you know, millions of jobs for our children and our grandchildren. Things are going to happen. I heard Chuck Schumer say this in the best line I've ever heard him give in a speech. He said, I am convinced that my children and grandchildren or our children and grandchildren will be working in fields and doing things that we cannot even imagine today, millions of them as a result of the legislation that we just passed. Now, that's, see, that's
2: where I become cynical. They're all going to be YouTube, whatever YouTube okay. is in 20 years. More be cynical, but
0: again, <laughs> I'm not defending it as anything but rhetoric. But yeah, but there it's is optimistic,
2: though. You're right. But
0: yes. there's some weird danger in Biden talking this way and i think the danger is he needs democrats to be scared he needs their their motivation to come out in november base turnout is fear we've been talking about republicans stoking fear his fear is trump resurgence crazy election people and if they get their hands on things we're toast and he can't come out with an optimistic message
1: he can he he... just did it he just said exactly what joe Wiesenthal said zero inflation last month says the president it underscores the kind of economy we're building this is deranged this is insane these people have their heads in in tweet deck i have no idea where they're getting this kind of talking points but it is utterly divorced they got they, they got it, got Joe
0: it Joe. from Joey. You think they're not reading Twitter? They think they're not. Oh, reading I know they're following? reading. I know
1: they're re- okay. This is this is Klein.
0: So congratulations to Joey Wiesenthal. He just wrote a presidential talking point.
2: Well, and, and but saying, but saying this is the economy we're building reads like a threat to the people who are struggling to make ends <laughs> right. meet. It's not okay. a promising thought.
0: <laughs> I still say that they need. They need their people unsettled, worried, and willing to drag themselves over broken glass to get to the polls in November. and to and to say we've we've turned a corner, first of all, you can't say we've turned a corner because we haven't turned anything, right? there's it's 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 a flat number. Like it's not like, my God, it's six it's, you know half a percent better, uh, you know, or whatever. It's flat. And, and if you exclude, anyway, all right, so, and it's only better because, yeah, people aren't driving, so that's really great for them that they're driving less in the summer when people actually like to go, you know, go to a park or, you know, go hiking or do whatever it is, you know, Gentiles do with their, with their spare time. <laughs> anyway uh they like to do that in the summer and it's too expensive for them to do that but um so congratulations but i do want to talk about the fear aspect here because uh we now have um matching fear games and i i fear that the republican fear game uh just got um a really successful ratchet up over the last two days so when we talked yesterday, after news on uh, Monday night about the warrant execution of the warrant on Mar-a-Lago, um, and we had this whole you know back and forth about what it might mean and who was b- talking good about it, who was everybody kind of had the same duality, I would say, both right and left. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal, said people on the left and people on the right. So the people on the left said they got to have the goods, right? That's Axelrod. I don't know who else. I mean, everybody is like, this has never happened. It's unprecedented. They wouldn't do it. Garland wouldn't have signed off the attorney general. The FBI wouldn't have done it unless they were closing in and the noose was tightening and they were just, trying to get the dot, the I and cross the T before they issued the indictment. And the right said, this is a huge deal. They've crossed a Rubicon. They are going at Trump with whatever means they possibly can. They are using powers. They should not be, they should not be using. This is all of a, all of a continuity with the way the FBI and the Justice Department has been behaving, the deep state has been behaving since Trump became a candidate and they opened Crossfire Hurricane in July of 2016 to investigate his ties to Russia and went on and executed bad warrants against people who worked for him or worked around him in an effort to squeeze them to get dirt on Trump and, da, and on and on and on and on. And this is the banana republic. Right. So both sides agreed that this was a potentially huge deal that would change American history one way or the other. And it's now 36 hours later, and it appears that this whole thing is about, did he not hand over some boxes? Did he not hand over some boxes? And maybe there's some stuff in those boxes that he really should have handed over. And by the way, they're going to go through Melania's closet and see if maybe she had some boxes. And if you're Michael Beschloss or you're David Axelrod, I'm just asking you to think this through. How are you feeling this morning? I didn't watch Morning Joe this morning. How are they feeling this morning? Because it appears that the National Archives, together with the FBI, I wouldn't say went rogue, but did something so head-splittingly politically stupid that it calls into question the idea of voting for any of these people ever again, if you agree with them because of their blazing incompetence and the fact that the Biden administration appears to be headless. Biden's headless, the Justice Department is headless, FBI is going around doing something in conjunction with the National Archives that didn't somehow get taken up the totem pole high enough maybe for somebody to say, what are you, crazy? What the hell do you think you're doing? This is a 44-year-old act all about securing papers for the National Archives. You're not going to break into one of the most famous houses in the United States so you can go on a hunt for boxes that he didn't return or am i so i'm saying like if i'm a democrat or i'm one of these people i am in and and i and i can get out of my bubble long enough not to have the conversations about how yeah maybe in you know in an hour or two they're going to you know the indictment's going to come down am
4: i i just think like i would be sick with despair Christine.
2: Well, I think it's interesting. One of the details that emerged or or that has been discussed over the last 24 hours is that the the Department of Justice had already gone to Mar-a-Lago, looked through a bunch of the boxes, taken out some items or, or I guess maybe it was Trump's staff who looked through. They they did release some items and then he was told to actually secure what remained. So they put a lock on the basement door, um, and then that was actually the lock that was busted open. And they broke in and they, you know, not broke in, they, they executed the warrant. They went in and they seized the property. So there's two lines of reasoning here. One is our friend Kevin Williamson argues at National Review that- Well, he's an ordinary citizen now. We don't have kings. We don't treat our former presidents like royalty. He's being treated like any ordinary citizen who might have done something illegal and for whom there was a warrant that was then executed. I am somewhat sympathetic to that because it's true that we do not want to treat our presidents as above the law, certainly not while they're in office and not even when they leave office. However, there are lots of people, and we discussed some of them yesterday on the podcast, there are people who've done this before and they, did, they weren't subjected to the FBI coming into their home and searching through all their belongings. Although that does happen to average Americans. That happens to people who are engaged in activities that are thought to be criminal. So on the one hand, He's being treated like an average citizen. He's being reminded of his position in society post-presidency. On the other hand, this it, it reads politically like overreach, and it feeds, as Noah was saying, it feeds the persecution complex that's, that's always latent on the right, and that's not necessarily good. And McConnell, Mitch McConnell, has already come out and said, what's happening? Somebody needs to tell us what's going on. So again, like we've gone uh, a while now, and we still don't really know what any of this is about.
0: Okay, I have one objection to what you said. Yes. So I looked this up. So uh, uh, by the way, getting a search warrant is as easy as everybody says it is because I looked it up the numbers in 2019 at the federal level are that 19,000 search warrants were requested across the circuit courts in the United States. Of those 19,000, 26 were denied. So What that tells me is the whoa, they had to have a lot of great stuff to go to the magistrate to get him to sign off on the. If he's like an ordinary citizen, he's like an ordinary citizen in the sense that no special care was taken with his search warrant. They went after him the way they would go after anybody else. That is not good for Democrats. Here's why the right wing argument is if they can go after him, They can come after you. That was Noah's objection yesterday to the populist line about Trump. You know, you're not safe if they can go after him, they can go after you. This is kind of proof that that argument has some merit. In other words, let's shine a light on the fact that if somebody goes to a court to get a search warrant, they get a search warrant no matter what, like there's no way I don't even know how to do a percentage of 26 out of 19,000, but there's no way that the judges are really, really examining clean. You no, know, it's like what they said. It's like you go and you, they just stamp it and go the way they do. As Abe said before the podcast with the FISA court and Carter Page, where we were assured that they were incredibly careful with the yeah, blah, 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 blah. And it turned out that that was horseshit. They just give you what you want. You can cite a New York Times article as the proof that you need to surveil an American citizen against whom the law says you need probable cause of a felon, a felonious crime committed outside the boundaries of the United States in order to get that warrant. So is that good? Is it good for for Democrats that they're in this position? This just strengthens the right-wing
2: argument. But the right-wing argument is wrong. I mean, the reason that, that, that Trump, <laughs> maybe, maybe we reason, should uh, maybe we should introduce
1: Trump, that little notion.
2: Trump draws scrutiny because he does lots of nefarious things, often skirting criminal law in the process. He did this when he was a private citizen before. He's right now. Look, he's got to give a deposition under oath no, today no. Oh, in the case stop. in New York. Well, oh, no, he's taking the we have facts, news actually. on that. He's we have young. news on
0: that, and it's oh, very interesting. And he's done something. Something happened. He's gotten cleverer. I'm sorry. His rhetoric's gonna we're gonna talk about this too, but yeah, we just the news just came over that Trump uh has taken the fifth in the investigation uh by attorney general Letitia James of New York, and he had long blah 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 statement about who she's monstrous and blah blah. blah. I did nothing wrong, he says. We cannot permit a renegade and out-of-control prosecutor to use this investigation as a means of advancing her political career. I once asked, if you're innocent, why are you taking the Fifth Amendment? Now I know the answer to that question. When your family, your company, and all the people in your orbit have become the targets of an unfounded, politically motivated witch hunt, Supported by lawyers, prosecutors, and the fake news media, you have no choice. If there was any question in my mind, the raid of my home, Mar-a-Lago, on Monday by the FBI just two days prior to this deposition wiped out any uncertainty, I have absolutely no choice, that is, to take the fifth, because the current administration and many prosecutors in this country have lost all moral and ethical bounds of decency. This is smart as hell. Wow. I am sorry. Oh, he played the have you no decency card. <laughs> yeah, but this is smart as hell because he is now tied the, per, the, you know, the pursuit of him by Tish James, which is politically motivated, even if it's righteous, to the raid on Mar-a-Lago, which is about presidential records, it appears, and said, I was wrong. I was wrong to say no one should take the fifth. I have now learned in my mid-70s how wrong I was. Yeah, that sounds like him. I'm but it is him. He has growing and changing. (laughs) No, but this is important because he now has to go forward with the following. Amazing things started happening yesterday on in the in the world of liberal commentary, Abe, which is that they all started saying. Look, if the warrant, you know, if there's nothing to the warrant, Trump should release the warrant. He has the warrant. He could release the warrant. Again, game this out two steps. So it is now the liberal position that Trump, and Christine, you kind of said this, is innocent, is, is guilty until proven innocent. Let him prove his innocence. Did he summon the warrant upon, let him prove his innocence? He's got the warrant, let him release it. So he's now saying, I'm not releasing the warrant. I'm not I'm not cooperating with this probe into you know, because I have no choice because these people are just going at me uh with the jugular. I'm taking the fifth. uh now what? Now what do they say? Um, I mean,
3: uh, just, just to uh, I don't think we're I think we're giving short shrift here to to the right wing objection and saying it's simply wrong. Um,
0: well, I'm not saying it's no, no, no,
3: no not the not yeah. the objection. Um, OK, but but the. The idea that Trump is persecuted, OK, uh, as as Eli Lake had written for us regarding the 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 Trump Russia investigation by the Justice Department, the FBI, Eli titled the piece and then argued to back up this title uh, framed and guilty to describe Trump's position. I think he is also transgressive and persecuted. Um, He 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 is persecuted to some extent. He is extraordinarily transgressive and his conduct is ruinous. I'm not denying that. Um, maybe that's whatever sort of accidental genius there is to him is that he invites the kind of persecution that he can then complain about. That's that's very possible. Um, Yeah, I do think it's a smart move, uh, uh, his 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 taking the fifth. Um, And I think the the position, John, that you're describing of Democrats being in right now, um, it only gets worse if the search of Mar-a-Lago now turns into a sort of long sifting exercise, uh, fishing expedition that sort of stays in this murky space where we don't know what's happening, but we know they're just looking for stuff endlessly. Um, I think that gives him this extension on the persecution complaint and sort of lays out this this. Um, this case, um that 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 will rally everyone behind him for you know for as long as it goes on and it
0: connects to this thing that happened yesterday which is that an appeals court ruled that owing to very complex rules covering solely the House Ways and Means Committee that the House Ways and Means Committee's effort to subpoena Trump's tax records had to go forward and that the tax records needed to be made available to them. This is apparently this is some very weird little glitch or you know twist in the law. Doesn't apply to any other part of Congress, doesn't apply to all Congress, doesn't apply, it's a thing. Okay. So um now he's got a ready-made argument here. They're going on a fishing expedition in my house, they're going on a fishing expedition in my taxes. They're are so scared of me, they are, they are looking for any and any way to destroy me. And I'm sorry, but then the line that the right started using on Tuesday, on, uh, on I'm sorry, uh, Monday night, connecting this to the IRS expansion of 87,000 agents, which is, if they can do it to me, They can do it to you. I was once the most powerful man on earth. I'm worth billions of dollars. I have all the lawyers in the world. Look what they're doing to me. You have nothing. You have no power. You're just trying to get along in life. They're eating away at you with their inflation. And now they're going to sick an IRS agent on you. And you don't have the means to fight like I do. And this is no joke because, you know, the IRS... The, the line that liberals are proffering which is you got nothing to worry about as long as you don't cheat on your taxes is an outrage that's not how the irs audits the irs audits randomly i mean some in some cases it doesn't audit randomly but it but audits are done using some kind of a whatever whatever was the you know an algorithm before the algorithm and they are not generated because there is either probable cause or even reason to think that somebody necessarily did something wrong it's just that somebody claims an office space in their house and a red flag goes up and then they audit you even though you have an office space in your house and then you got three months of filing paper doing this and doing that yeah they can do it to you the way they're doing it to Trump. Trump just has way more resources to fight against it. This is a populist trifecta. Noah, I know we disagreed yesterday about the propriety of the conservative response. I know, I'm not sure we disagreed, but I mean, we dis. You had you. I took it as a normal political response, and you were outraged because it was so. Uh, nakedly political, let's say, at a time when we could use statesmanship and we could always use statesmanship. So I don't disagree with you about that, but it's now been 36 hours. We are getting, we have absolutely no sense that the the Mar-a-Lago warrant was about anything except something about possibly unbelievably petty things. And people who wanted to keep their powder dry like Mitch McConnell have thrown in the towel and said they better explain what went on here. This was really terrible. Are you still where you were, or do you agree with me that there is some kind of a really potent stew that is being brewed up here on the right, throwing all these elements in that uh, is like the ultimate
1: jujitsu, like it's the ultimate attack back against an attack? I agree with you that sacrifice of agency and a persecution complex is politically potent. Uh, It's toxic. It's un-American, but it has resonance, uh, and it's, it absolves you of any responsibility for your lot in life and, and hoists that problem and that uh, onto unseen forces. Yeah, very politically potent. Uh, I decline to engage in any more speculation about the warrant because it's all speculation. We don't know anything. I do think that the Justice Department should come out insofar as it doesn't imperil an ongoing investigation and talk about the warrant, talk about the predicates for it. They're not going to do that. It's not; there. they don't have any reason to do that. Justice Department doesn't have to come out and say anything until and unless there's an indictment. That's their prerogative. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, I think Republicans are capitulating to a particularly potent sentiment on the right that is a uh, unconservative sentiment, anti-conservative sentiment. I don't share it. I think it's horrible, and I don't think Donald Trump is a victim. He creates these conditions for himself. He has done so for decades. He has found himself uh, on the wrong end of uh, judges and
4: the justice system on more than one occasion. And it's not because everybody's out to get him. But you're innocent until proven guilty, right? Even sure. if you're wrong. Sure. Okay. And anybody
1: with a modest understanding of civics also understands that taking the fifth is not an admission of guilt. Donald Trump does not have a modest understanding of civics. Well, now he does. Suddenly he does. No, somebody who drafted that statement for him does. No, Donald no, Trump so will we... get on a stage and erase whatever good he's done by saying what he actually thinks tomorrow. So it's best not to get out in front of it. I'm not getting
0: out in front of anything. I'm saying that they have taken this this train that was wobbling toward 2024. With Ron DeSantis on his heel, oh yeah, no, 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 and various other things.
4: Definitely, Democrats
0: have righted his train and have magleved it, and it is now hurtling not only toward the nomination
1: but potentially toward the presidency. Potentially is the word for it. There's no indication that potentially. There's just very little indication that Donald Trump being at the forefront of the Republican Party is bad for Democrats. Okay,
0: you know, this is actually this is actually the subject probably of our next two years of podcasting. So I don't see any need to sort of get into it today. We need to do this as a slow roll. Brace yourselves, Um, listeners. (laughs) Yeah. But here's what I mean when I say this. Okay, Trump has a narrative. And um, I was flabbergasted. Actually, I want to let me stop and, and talk about some other things. And then we'll go into the thing that flabbergasted me. Uh, in a way that I did not expect so the first thing I want to talk to you about is your sheets okay your sheets you like isn't it amazing that some things get better as you use them I mean most things like wear right they wear and tear and they get worse but you know some things don't a great leather jacket a cast iron skillet you wouldn't think sheets would be on that list right because sheets are you know they're They wear, but not and Branch sheets because they're not just buttery, breathable, and impossibly comfortable. They get softer with every wash. And here's the key. Forget thread count. and Branch is innovated because it gives you thread quality because it doesn't matter how many threads your sheets have if they aren't the best threads possible. Threads so luxurious, they're beloved by three US presidents, highest quality threads on earth, and they give you a superior softness and a better night's sleep, you'll immediately feel the difference. They're 100% free from toxins, so they got no pesticides, formaldehyde, or other harsh chemicals. They come in nine neutral colors and all sizes from twin up to California king. Bolin branch sheets fit the deepest of mattresses and are labeled with top and bottom tags, so making your bed is easier than ever. And best of all, Bolin branch gives you a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. On all orders. So get 15% off your first set of sheets when you use promo code commentary at bowlandbranch.com. That's B O L L A N D B R A N C H.com. Promo code commentary. And I'm excited to let you know that on Monday, I talked to you guys about our friend David Bonson and his newest offering at his website, bonson.com, a free economics course. Uh, I talked to you about it, 30 lectures, syllabi, uh, recommended readings, a history of economics, a history of economic ideas uh, for free. And hundreds of you signed up. And I'm really thrilled that you did so. People listening to my voice, you go to Bonson.com. And if you go there and you look at the menu right to the the menu that is uh, horizontally to the right of David's big B Bonson name you will see right there the words economics course. You click on that, you fill in your name, you fill in your email, you tell tell him a little bit about yourself and you are in. You are in like Flynn to learn about economics in a new, exciting, vibrant and incredibly fulfilling way and it is all for free. So that's bonson.com slash economics hyphen course or just go to bonson.com and look for the words economics course right there in the middle top middle of your screen click on it and sign up david uh you've been hearing about him for a long time on the podcast has a investment management firm that has three and a half billion dollars uh under management and he is uh the author of several important books Uh, that connect economics, human dignity, human flourishing, and faith in a novel and inventive way. So please sign up for David's economics course today at Bonson.com. So generally speaking, I've been very, very, very underwhelmed by the conventional presentation of Trump as a conventional political candidate. His, email, his illiterate emails how ugly they are the kind of merch that he sells the commercials that he's made the cut it all looks cheesy and bad and low rent and I understand that that's that's you know my vanity because I like things that are more highly glossed and they seem to have proven that they know how to raise money and do all that but yesterday Trump dropped something on his website truth social it is a three minute film called a nation in decline and if you don't like trump and you are listening to my voice it is time for you to get really really scared because this is one of the most brilliant political presentations of my lifetime it is 90 seconds of the case for America's untold disastrous position now pretty much since his presidency ended. And it's laid out very systematically, Uh, foreign policy, domestic policy, oil recession, uh, COVID, black and white, dark grip, very, succinct it's all trump's voice expressed succinctly doesn't use alarmist vocabulary i would say i mean occasionally he says america's a joke or something like that but it but it is not over the top crazy talk and then it transitions to color and it involves the promise of the restoration of america to the greatness that it had before he left office. Now you cannot you can believe or not believe that America was great as a result of Trump or whatever. But man is this thing potent. I mean it is a friend of mine said it's Reagan 79. It is it is right out of the playbook of what may have been the most successful political campaign in American history a president who a guy who came in Considered too crazy to be president, too far right by the all this, comes in with a message, unseats a sitting president. Not only unseats him, but the sitting president who got fifty percent drops to forty percent, and the new guy comes in with fifty, and brings in twelve senators, brings in twelve senators with him, in this incredible route. Abe, give me your sense of. How all of this this week, it's like something happened unexpectedly that has, you know, I don't know. We were talking last week about how how good DeSantis looked, and I, that is not a conversation I would have today.
3: Yeah, I just want to say also about, about the, the, the Trump clip, the ad. Um, it's a compelling sort of piece of... It's a film, but it's a it's a it's a it's a compelling piece of propaganda in itself. um, The the way it's done, they seem to have stripped, uh, uh, isolated his speech from some some sort of speech, taken out the crowd. um, So it's just him. um, And there's a there's a kind of uh, almost echoey effect over it in all the haunting uh, parts about about how bad off we are. Um, before it gets so it, it sort of it, it, it grips you and sort of takes you through it, um, whether or not you hate the guy. Um, regarding the, the something that's happened, we're really kind of zigzagging here a lot, though. I mean, to be honest, because we're talking about the Dems, the, the Republicans are suddenly in disarray as a result of some Democratic successes. We're talking about how good DeSantis looks. Uh, in relationship to Trump now suddenly it's it's um, the Dems have righted Trump's ship Um, I I think all these are true but I but maybe there are more zigs and zags coming um, to erase these turns
2: I I was struck by how he even though he's uh, obviously not president now, how many of the trappings of this little clip uh, featured him being protected by Secret Service, like, you know, surrounded by Secret Service. There's a, there's a shot that looks like the old beast, you know, presidential limo. There, It's as if he's sort of a president in exile, which I think he certainly feels himself to be. There's also no mention of stop the steal. There's, there's no mention of the election having been fraudulent. It's It's very much everything's bad, but he doesn't mention that. And then he, he looks to the future and the Wizard of Oz, like color transformation at the end with the swelling music. Um, it is very effective. I also think his tone of voice is the one that we rarely heard from him as president when he got in front of a mic. It's very calming, the like excitable puppy voice. It was. It is very, the cadence, everything about it isn't the bombast. It isn't the stuff that his, his super fans tend to like to hear from him. So in that sense, it's also a, a bit of a departure.
3: Christine, that's such a good point, though, that it's that, that you know, the criticism and the the and it's a good one uh, that everyone has had of, of the the potential for for Trump and Trumpism's return um, is is that it's backward looking. Right. And no one wants to relitigate uh, 2020. And he sort of has his minions out there doing that without him. Right. That's they're they're, they're still obsessed with it. Um, so he or his camp seems to have taken That advice seriously um, and not delivered the scary thing that that, as John says, that 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 the Democrats need from him.
2: And DeSantis, by the way, is spending this week and next week stumping for a lot of Trumpy candidates all across the country. Like he's been invited by all these MAGA candidates to be the face of, of, you know, the big endorsement, the big person they want talking, not Trump. So it's not as if DeSantis is out of the game. And it'll be interesting to see if he changes his tone at all in, in the ensuing weeks, given and how well this ad does with, with voters, with the response of it, in other words.
0: Noah, you you are the voice on the podcast that keeps reminding us that people have very short memories and that you know things vanish in the ether. People aren't going to remember the Chips Act. They don't remember the Infrastructure Act. Maybe if uh, the raid on Mar-a-Lago doesn't turn into anything. Maybe I'm overestimating this. Maybe I'm overestimating the fire and the fury. Maybe in three months nobody will remember this either. We were having trouble trying to remember what exactly it was that the FBI did during the investigation of Hillary Clinton, which I think we were all following in a granular level. Granted, it was seven, six or seven years ago, but like we were having the wait. Did they seize her server? What, how? Who broke the server up? And remember, somebody took something and smashed it in a field. And why did they do that? And I, so like we don't remember those details it was like our living maybe this is all uh shall i use the word transitory <laughs> like this is just a a matter of a hot summer week and we shouldn't be
1: overreading it so people don't remember things that they're not reminded of why do we not remember the infrastructure act the the gun control bill and why won't we remember uh, this inflation anti-inflation bill that's actually just a climate change bill because Democrats don't actually care about any of it. They don't remind you of it because they're not enthused by it. Um, Dem- Donald Trump's first of all, this is a ninety-second spot. Ninety-second spots, anything less. Three minutes. Anything, three minutes. It's a three. Jesus Christ. It's three right, minutes so it's more. so it's a it's a web ad. It's aimed at the people who will see it online, um, which are people who are inclined to agree with it. It'll get some earned media on cable, but not a lot. Um, Anything that's over 30 seconds isn't a campaign spot. You can safely dismiss it. Um, But what Donald Trump likes to remind people of is 2020, because that's what he cares about. He's not, if he does make another run, and I think he will, he's not going to be the person who wrote that elegant statement about the, the, the nature of your constitutional right to not, Uh, incriminate yourself. He's not the person who, who put this spot together as uh, visually attractive and appealing as it is. Uh, And I have my problems with the idea that, you know, you can just dismiss America as a joke. That kind of conditional patriotism makes me sick. Um, However, I don't think that that's the candidate you're going to get on the stump. I do think you're going to get the person who is obsessed with his own vanity and who is aggrieved and revanchist
4: about 2020. And I think he'll remind everybody of that to his own detriment. Well, that is one that is that is one scenario. I I wonder whether his um animal cunning
0: will kick in with this notion that. I don't know who the sane minds are around him who would tell him this because he doesn't seem to have many sane minds around him, but to say, look, there is an issue set here that is just amazing to be able to run at Biden against or the Democrats. It's not 26. It's five times, 10 times worse than 2016. Just go out there and remind them of what life is like today and you can even say, remind them of what life was like in 2019 before the pandemic hit. And say, we, if you want to talk about going back, talk about going back to that. Don't talk about going back to, to, to November 2020. Talk about that. Talk about, you know, restoring and re- reviving. You've got an argument to make.
4: You know, it's like, use the, it's like. You're building a building and somebody left, you know, 200 tons of steel on the site for free
0: so you don't have to go order new steel. You can just build the building with
4: the steel that they have left you. Don't go hunting for other steel. This is an easy play
0: and you have got the Republican party with all the candidates that you endorsed winning their bracelet, you you have got the party cowed. If you're declaring now, it's gonna be really hard for someone to run against you, though nominally somebody probably will just in case your health goes bad. But you got an open field under conventional circumstances, if you can negate some of your negatives Given Biden's numbers and the condition of the country, you know, this could be a cakewalk. Hard to imagine you going winning in a cakewalk, but it could be a cakewalk if you just play your cards right. We just don't know, since he was an unlikely candidate in 2016, we don't know what it would be like for him if what he did was play the guy that he was on The Apprentice instead of the guy that he was as president. I don't know if you guys watched The Apprentice. I watched The Apprentice for years. He was calm, he was jokey, he was, you know, kind of little jazzy,
4: tough, you know, tough, tough questioner. I mean, it was a part, he was playing a role, but he could play it again. He did it for 10 years. He's old.
0: He's who he is. But he was also that guy. So I don't know. I'm, I, I'm just, if you're speculating that he's going to turn back into the Trump of, you know, 2016, 17, 18, you can also speculate that well, maybe... I don't,
1: I, that's not speculation because he's never not been that guy.
0: Yes, he has. I'm telling you that he has not been that guy. The guy who he was when he was the number one reality star in television was not the guy who was on the
1: stump in 2015 and 2016. But the guy, well, he was, he was the, the America's chief birther when he was on NBC news or not NBC news. He had an NBC contract.
0: No, but I'm saying he's got more colors than you're giving him credit for being. Do you see what I'm saying? He's got more colors. He doesn't have to go back to Alex Jones to build his base. He's got Alex Jones's base
4: in his pocket. He is a person who, it's just an interesting like
0: um, scenario to say, what if you say, look, the conditions are different. The circumstances are different. Go with this differently. What worked for you in 2015 was great. 2016 was great. Try something at, like you know, adapt to certain circumstances. Again, using real estate thing like, if you're building in New York, you build a different way than if you're building in New Jersey. They have different building codes, they have different rules, they have different you know topologies, they have different everything. You don't do everything the same, or you know if you're building in Las Vegas or I don't whatever I don't know. I'm just saying maybe he's too old, maybe he only has one pitch, you know. Maybe he's the pitcher, only has one pitch. He can only throw a fastball, and so he can't play the curve. But I don't know. Maybe he can. That ad suggests that he can to the extent that he is a person who was deeply involved in making the ad. The fact that he didn't make the ad doesn't mean anything. Ronald Reagan didn't make his own ads either, right? I mean, it's not that. It's a question of where the spirit of that ad, again, called a nation in decline. You should go watch it where it comes from does it come from him or did somebody make it and he's like yeah that's good i like that let's do that i don't
1: know yeah he's got a team um, of image makers around him and they're yeah but capable. they stink i don't know well, they're, no, not, the, not, they're if not, if not that not is good not if the statement that he released is good we we don't know who they are
0: but uh they misspell names, they do all kinds of weird stuff in the online ads that they put out. I'm just saying, like, don't think that he can't step up. It would be a mistake to underestimate his capacity to step up or to, like, assume that he, he can't step up. And as Mark Halpern said on Monday, he has a superpower. His superpower, and Abe has been saying this for years. His superpower is he turns his enemies into him. So he pursued people in crazy ways. And it's possible right now, all of this stuff, Tish James's, you know, hunt, the National Archives hunt, the Georgia prosecution hunt is all gonna end up nowhere. And having gone at him and failed to get him, he will emerge stronger with a completely unified party behind him and independents who are starting to think i can't believe i empowered this guy biden look what he's doing to my life
4: i don't know just don't think that it can't happen it probably can't happen but it could happen all right thanks for listening we'll be back tomorrow
0: you can't see noah has noah has noah's sad face on
2: we got to put that on a t-shirt
0: <laughs> i know at some point we have to put noah's sad face on because uh it's uh it's, it's very it's expressive very expressive uh so for the sad fa- now noah's smiling so for the smiling noah <laughs> the giggling christine and the avuncularly pleasant abe i'm john pod keep the candle burning